Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Praise God. Brother Danny, if you'll give that out. Well, now is the time to press in. Now is the time to act upon your faith. That which I've deposited in your heart through revelation and through the word of God. Don't hold back any longer. But let that word be in your mouth. Let its actions be in your life. And you will see the supernatural manifestation of that which you desire come into your life speedily and quickly. For the enemy would try to put a resistance on the inside of you, in your flesh and in your mind. But stand in my presence this night and declare, I will glorify the God in whom I belong to. I will magnify his name. And you will see that the strength on the inside is greater than the resistance on the outside. And because of that, you can glorify magnify and exalt your God as you press into that which I've laid before you. So do not resist, but assist the spirit that is working on the inside of you and you shall see wonders and signs and manifestations of that which you've only dreamed of, for it's just now beginning. So press in with your worship and praise and you will find strength to obey me in every area. Hallelujah. Now this week we'll begin working. I'll get Brother Gabe. He's the one that can put that kind of stuff together. But we'll work on a nice big uh, 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 visual aid, a poster. Uh, we'll, it'll have the, uh, the dimensions and the boundaries of the land with all of the little square feet. $9 a square foot. Now, the first thing we're going to get to do is to mark out 33,000 of them. Isn't that good? We get to, that's, a, that's a pretty good head start, amen? We're going to mark out 33,000 of those little squares. Then beginning the first week of October, we're going to put our coal wood bowls out on the, on the altars. And when we take the offering, then I want every person that in your spirit you want to, to, uh, uh, to give to purchase a square foot of land, you can bring $9 and get a square foot of land. You can get $18 and get two square feet. You can bring, what is it? $27 and get three square. You can bring $90 and get 10 square feet. Amen? You can bring $900 and get... You can bring $9,000. Or you can just bring a check and just come up and we'll let you erase the whole thing. <laughs> if you're so inclined. But I guarantee you we're going to do that. We're going to make it one of our... Pro we're going to make it our project at Fall Harvest. Invite all of our, our, our guests and people to uh, cooperate and participate with it. And I believe, God, we can chip away at that, chip away at that, chip away at that. And when it comes time, right before the end of the year, when we go to closing, we'll go to closing with one big check and pay that land off. And then right at the first of the year, we'll start building Island Church right over there. That's about 57th Street, I believe it would be. 57th Street. I, I saw on the, on the, on the uh, 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 paper there, there's a proposed 57th Street that's coming right down the east side of that. So it would be 57th Street and Broadway right there. But we thank God it's going to be the glory land. Amen? How many are happy about that? I tell you, the Lord is good. Now, if you will, real quick, we've got just a few minutes. Let's look at something in the Word real quick. Go, if you will, to Romans. Well, before you go to Romans, go to James. Go to James chapter 1. 
James chapter 1 this evening. Now remember, this is James who was the, we would call the half-brother of the Lord Jesus. They shared the same mother, but they had different fathers. James's father was Joseph until he was born again. Then it became God. Jesus' father was God. Amen. Now look at this. Let's look at it here for just a moment. Let me find it. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'll find it, I guarantee you. Chapter 1, verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. No wonder it's not working for you. Amen. I said, no wonder it's not working for you. Let me try that again. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall. Now notice the word fall. See, fall, fall is unexpected. Fall, how many have ever planned to fall? Anybody say, well, you know, we've got plans on Thursday afternoon about 3 o'clock. We're just going to fall. This shows us right here it's not talking about something that you plan. Notice what it does not say. It does not say when you walk into diverse temptation. Never walk into temptation. Never knowingly go into temptation. But there are times when you're just going along in life, and there you go in life, doing the will of God, rejoicing, praising God, believing God, and what happens? The enemy tries to trip you up, and you fall into a what? Into a temptation. Now, what is a temptation? Anything that goes against what God has provided for us in Christ. Sickness and disease is not reality. It's just a temptation. That's why it is okay for you to say, I'm not sick, I'm just being tempted. Poverty and lack, they're not reality. It's just a temptation. That's why it's proper to say, no, I'm not broke, I'm not poor, I'm not bankrupt, I'm just being tempted right now, and I'm going to overcome the temptation. So the key to that is what? Your joy. My brethren, count it all joy. Why count it joy? Because you have an opportunity to prove that the Word of God and the will of God is true. Most people you can tell immediately when they're going through something. Immediately when they're going through. All of a sudden the countenance on their face drops. The smile is gone. The glory has gone off of them. What's going on, brother? Oh, you wouldn't believe. The devil's done this. The devil's done that. This has happened. That has happened. But the good news is if you will make a decision to respond in the correct way to the provision of God and begin to count it joy when these things rise up, these temptations in your life, count it joy because you're getting ready to prove the devil is defeated, Jesus is Lord, faith works, health is greater than sickness, prosperity is greater than poverty. You're fixing to manifest that and show forth that. You ought to count it joy. That's why a lot of people, they, they just like, you know, well, oh, I just don't ever want to go through anything. But you live on a fallen planet. You've got an adversary called the devil. You've got, a flesh, you've got flesh out of control and a mind that's crazy. It's going to cause you problems. It's going to give you opportunity for temptation. The Bible says there's no temptation taking us such as is common to man. Which means the devil can only take you with that which is common to man. He cannot provide produce nor manifest supernatural temptation. 
Let me try that again. Some of you really need to hear it. He cannot provide, produce, nor manifest a supernatural temptation. He cannot put a substance in your hand. You've got to pick it up. He cannot put an image in your eyes. You've got to make a decision to look at it. Oh, come on, church. He can only use that which is common. But God has what? That which is uncommon. For the natural temptations of life, God has supernatural provision to set you free and deliver you. And it's amazing that people wait till the last minute. Like one guy said one time, let's pray. The other guy said, has it come to that? You've waited too late. Begin now to prepare yourself. Begin now to challenge that which is coming against you. Begin now to walk in joy and peace and love. And when something rises up in your life, you ought to say, glory to God. I'm fixing to demonstrate the defeat of the devil again. Now notice what it says. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse different kinds of temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now notice verse 4. But let patience have her Perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, this literally says, agreeing with Romans chapter 5, to glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. This shows us that our response to a problem, our response to a temptation, our response to trouble is going to be directly proportionate to what God produces in and through our character when it comes to the fruits of the Spirit. One of the main fruits of the Spirit you need to draw on and rely on in temptation is patience. Glad you're so excited. You say, what is patience? Patience is cheerful. You look so much better when you smile. Cheerful, endurance with strong consistency. Now, when everything's going right, it's easy, easy to be consistent. In your prayer life, in your Bible study, coming to church. But isn't it amazing that when people get into the crisis of life, one of the first things they do is shut down on God. Well, I couldn't, go, I couldn't pray today because I'm going through something. Couldn't read the Bible today because I'm going through something. Can't go to church. Also. There's no way we can go to church. There's no way we can go to church. We're going through some stuff. We're going, going through some stuff in our family, going through some stuff in our body. going through. So, so when we get all that fixed, we'll come back to church. I hate to use the word stupid. But stupid is knowing what's right and not doing it. Now, if you use that same principle in every other endeavor in life, here's what your life would be like. As you got hungry, you would make sure never to darken the doors of a grocery store. You know, Pastor, I'm starving to death. I'm telling you, why don't you go buy groceries? I'm too hungry to go to, to, to Kroger. If I wasn't so hungry, I'd go down there. But I'm in a crisis right now. You must understand, I'm in a crisis, and I am so hungry. But I'm not going down there. No, I know. Now, if, if I was full, if I had just eaten, if I was, I'd go. I'd go. But no, no. See, that, doesn't that sound kind of abstract and ridiculous? But that's the very attitude that a lot of people have to church. Listen, church is the place where you get answers. Church is the place where you get inspired. Church is the place where you can find a little relief a little release and a little refreshing church is the place where God can speak to you church is the place where gifts of the spirit can come into operation church is the place where encouragement can come and discouragement can go out the door I guarantee you if you will respond the right way and not the wrong way a lot of your problems will not last near as long 
What makes problems so intense? Their length when it comes to the time element. How many want to go through something for about five years? Amen? Then why do you do it? Well, you know, it's all in the timing of God. God puts, God's not wearing a watch. God doesn't have a calendar. He's not saying, well, I have that scheduled for them for about three weeks and five days, and then once it'll be. No, no. God wants you to know that as quickly as you want to go through the valley of shadow of death, you can get through it. And some of you can accelerate yourself through what you're going through right now if you will make a decision to just go ahead and glory in your tribulation or count it joy. That doesn't mean it's joy. you got to count it joy. Then what happens? Patience, she comes in and she goes to work. Cheerful endurance. A smile comes on your face. Everybody knows you're going to think, why are you smiling? What kind of medication are you on? That makes you smile when you're going through to say, well, I'm not. I'm, I'm taking the gospel every day. I'm not shutting down. I'm walking in patience. I'm glorying in the tribulation. I'm counting it all joy. I'm accelerating myself through the valley of the shadow of death because I do not live in the valleys. I live on the mountaintops. I like one person. He said, you know, uh, God always wants us in the valleys because that's where our characters develop. That's where this happened. That's where I... But the other guy said, listen, I don't like valleys. That's where the snakes are. I don't like the valleys. I like the mountaintops. And I like to accelerate through that which I'm going through with patience, with joy, with glory, magnifying God, exalting God. And the devil's done everything he can do to steal that out of the church. You go to most churches, and they will not allow any joy in manifestation. You know, joy is something that's manifested. I said joy. I mean, you can't look at a person and say, boy, they're full of joy, and they just stand there like a wooden Indian. <laughs> Actually, if you study the Word, the Word talks about joy being manifested in laughing, in singing, in shouting, in dancing. In rejoicing, the word rejoice means to jump up into the air, spin and do a 360, land on the ground, and to scream with a shrill voice. How many churches that goes on in? See, the devil has done everything he could do to get the glory of man out of the church. Because if he, Now listen to me very carefully. If he can get the glory of man out of the church, he can keep the glory of God out of the church. Because mankind possesses glory. What is glory? That which is resident and apparent in man that man releases. You see it every day. Today was a great day of glory. You say, what do you mean? The NFL, the National Football League, gave people great opportunity to glory as they raised their hands, as they praised their favorite quarterback, as they shouted when they crossed the, the, uh, the goal line. All of that was what? Men and women who sit like stone Indians at the office five days a week come to the stadium on Sunday and release something on the inside of them and glory in a sport. That does what? Takes from them. Takes their money, takes their time, takes their effort. And my problem is they're not going to let me play. And I'm going to let you play. So you have to do what? You have to spectate. And they glory as a spectator. And God says you can come participate with me. You don't have to sit on the bench. 
You don't have to sit up in the stands. You can come down and get in the game. You can go to the mission field. You can work with the children. You can go out on the bus ministry. You can work on the street. You, you can participate, but you keep your glory locked up on the inside. Why don't you rejoice and praise and worship God to the extent that you used to cheer for the Dallas Cowboys? Now, that hurts a lot of people right there, amen? They get real offended at that. Well, I don't know about that. You know, because you see people that are what? They're fanatic football fans, fanatic boxing fans, fanatic basketball fans, fanatic baseball fans. What does a fanatic mean? That means you can look at them and tell. You can look at them and tell. They manifest something. Something on the inside comes to the outside. They talk about it during the week. They put bumper stickers on their car. You look in their house and you can tell this person really likes baseball. There's bats and balls glued all over the wall. Amen? But then you come to Christianity and people say, come to the church and we're going to play an old dead organ through a bunch of pipes. We're going to put up a cross with a dead Jesus hanging on it and we're going to ask everybody to be real quiet and never to say nothing. And Jesus prayed, said, pray this, well, th- pray this way, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And they're not having denominational or a liturgical services tonight up in heaven where people are quiet and sitting there like wooden Indians. There are people in heaven shouting and dancing and glorifying and exalting God. And because of that, they have the provision of heaven on them. No wonder the devil doesn't want you to shout. No wonder he doesn't want you to laugh. No wonder he doesn't want you to glorify God. He knows that patience is going to step up into your life and become employed. And you're going to have some cheerful endurance with consistency. And you're going to accelerate yourself through all the problems that you're going through. And God is going to show up. And God is going to manifest. And you're going to figure out. You're going to figure out every time the devil attacks, every time the enemy attacks me, that gives me another reason to count it all joy and to glory in my tribulation. So I'm just going to become a radical, fanatical believer of God and of Jesus Christ. Now, real quick, let's look at it one more time. My brethren, count it all joy. How do you count it joy? You just say, I'm going to count this joy. That means you do not respond. Because everything in life is based on response and reaction. Decisions. You say, what do you mean? You respond. You go to the doctor. You sit across from the man in the white coat and the MD over his, lapel, over his, uh, uh, his pocket. He's got the stethoscope around his neck. He looks across the desk at you and says, it's cancer and it's terminal. So what you do is you give an emotional response to that. You hang your head. The tears begin to flow. You begin to see the the funeral. You begin to see the grave. You begin to see the loved ones weeping over your demise and your departure. You give glory to that diagnosis. The banker sits across the... uh, desk from you in his heart shafter and mark suit his rolex watch his jaguar is parked out in the in the parking lot he looks across at you and says it's bankruptcy you have no more money you're gonna have to declare bankruptcy so you begin to bow your head you begin to moan tears come to your eyes and you give an emotional response to the report that has been given but we used to sing an old song years ago called whose report will you believe 
Because whose ever report you believe is the report you will respond to. I still love the, the testimony. A guy I heard uh, him ministering, and he was sitting across from the doctor, and, and the doctor told him he had an incurable heart disease, and that he was going to need heart surgery, and probably in the end would need a heart transplant, and how he just stood up and pointed at the doctor and said, Liar! He said, You are a liar. He actually got thrown out of the doctor's office, and that doctor no longer treated him. He said, now I apologized to him later and I wrote him a letter. But he said, you have to understand, my re response was not based upon the report he was giving me. My response was based on the covenant that I had with my God. And when he said, I had a bad heart, I stood up and I had to say, you're a liar. Because the Bible says, God is the strength of my heart. And he said, I begin to worship and I begin to praise God. He said, everybody in that office thought I was crazy. He said, I went to another specialist in another city. They examined me and said, sir, you have a brand new heart. There's no indication that your heart ever had any disease in it. How are you responding to what you're going through right now? Is your hands lifted up? Is there a smile on your face? Are you glorying in your tribulation? Are you counting it all joy? You say, Pastor, that takes some strength. It takes strength. It takes belief. It takes knowledge. But you are either responding to one of two directors in your life. You are the actor. You are the one on stage. And over here is one director called the devil. And he is saying, action! And you are either performing in his drama, or there's another director called Jesus. And he's over here saying, action! And you are performing in his drama. And as for me, I'd rather perform in his drama than ever perform in the devil's drama. So I'm going to count it joy. I said, I'm going to count it joy. I'm going to glory and not tribulations. I'm going to magnify God. I'm going to exalt Him. I'm going to praise His holy name. I'm not going to let the rocks cry out. Somebody ought to get some praise on right now. Somebody ought to glorify God for a moment or two. Somebody ought to exalt Him for just a moment. Come on, I'm going to give you a little opportunity to glory in your tribulation. To count it all joy if you've fallen into some diverse temptations. To allow the glory of God to begin to rise up out of you and find some expression. Hallelujah. Oh, that's not natural. That's supernatural. I said, that's not natural. That's supernatural. Oh, you ought to thank Him that you're healed. You ought to thank Him that you're prosperous. Now, in an atmosphere such as this, and in an atmosphere of, 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 of worshiping and glorifying God, you should learn to make statements. You say, why? The Spirit is open for you right now. I mean, angels are in here. They're on point. They're looking around to see how far you're going to go with this. You're going to joy. You're going to glory. You begin to make declarations with your mouth. I'll live and not die. I'll declare the works of God. I'm not going broke. My business is not going under. I'll not be fired from my job. My marriage is not going into the garbage can. My children will not be forsaken. I'll not walk depressed. You begin to make those declarations as it comes out of your mouth in the form of worship and praise. Thank you, Father, that I'm healed in my body. Thank you, Father, that I'm blessed in my finances. Thank you, Lord, there's supernatural provision for me. 
I'm not looking at the circumstance. I'm looking at my God that's bringing me out of the circumstance. And as you do that, you can begin to glory in tribulation. You can begin to count it all joy. Count it all joy. I said count it all joy. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 126, it says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Israel, it says, we were like them that dreamed. Now, they, they hadn't even gotten back to Israel. I mean, this, this is, they're, they're, they're still, this, everything's still destroyed, everything's still messed up. But the Bible says, we were like them that dreamed. He said, then was our mouth filled with laughter and our hearts with singing. They were just on their way back to something destroyed. They knew God was going to repair. They knew God was going to restore. They were just rejoicing that they were no longer captive. You ought to thank God you're no longer captive. That God has turned your captivity. It ought to fill your mouth with laughter. It ought, it ought to put singing in your mouth. It ought to put glory in your life. I tell you, people are looking for something that's real. They're looking for a God that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmity and our weakness. A God that's tangible, that they can praise and worship and glorify. Now before we leave tonight, one more time, lift your hands and just worship God for who He is. Father, we thank You tonight that we can glory in tribulation. We count it joy, Father. We counted joy. Lord, the assignment that's on us as a corporate church to build the house of the Lord, we counted joy, Lord. We'll not fall into the temptation of discouragement, doubt, or unbelief. But we'll stay strong in the Lord and the power of His mind. Lord, to go to the nations of the world, to send and to go ourselves, we counted joy. To reach our community, to reach our children, to reach our teenagers, to reach the elderly, the shut-ins, to reach the those in the hospital, to reach all of the people. We count it joy, Father. We count it joy. We rejoice in the defeat of our adversary. We thank you that in the camp, there's the shout of a king that our enemy knows that they are already defeated. We thank you for it, Father. Now, Lord, as we leave tonight, we rejoice in our protection. And our provision, which you have so graciously and mercifully, mercifully provided for us through your word. There shall no evil befall us. There shall no evil come dwell our, near our dwelling place. We thank you that we abide under the shadow of the Most High. We thank you that he is our rock, our strength, and our refuge. Lord, as we travel in these dangerous modes of transportation on the highways and our automobiles, the airways and airplanes, the seaways and boats and ships, the railways on the trains, motorcycles, Lord, other ways of transportation, whether for business, pleasure, recreation. Thank you, Father. We are protected. Your hand is upon us. Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands, you've given us jobs. You've given us businesses. You've given us places where we can go exercise our talents to produce income. In those areas of life, we thank you, Father, that you protect us. Wicked men with evil designs, bringing terror and trauma to our society. Thank you, Father, we are protected and freed from them according to your word. 
so that we can work peaceably and safely in the environment which you've called us to be. Our children at the schoolhouse, our medical, uh, those that work in the medical profession, those that work in their own businesses, Lord, those that work for the city, those that work uh, up in the high rises of Houston, all of those that work, we thank you, Father. No terror, no trauma, no tragedy of any kind in Jesus' name. Father, more Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.